Voice of Fintech. This episode of the Financial Market Series is brought to you by SIX, the Swiss Exchange Group. If you would like to learn more about SIX, please go to www.six-group.com. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Marian, who recently took on the role of Head of Financial Information at SIX. And we're going to talk about financial information, obviously, the data management, alternative data, how SIX leverages technology to deliver data to their customers and uh, all of the things around that. Welcome, Marian. How are you today? Thank you very much. Very well. Thank you. So as I mentioned, you recently took on a role of uh, Head of Financial Information at SIX uh, in January before you were with Refinitiv for many years. So can you explain to us a little bit about how did you get to do what you do today? Well, thank you. Uh, my career started at what was Reuters as a data analyst. So my career has been marked by data and technology all the way through. My first role was actually covering the Swiss, German and Austrian bond markets. And I feel in some ways my career has come full circle because now I'm running the organization that is the definitive source for all Swiss data and the Valora number. My role at SIX is really the culmination of all the experiences I've had through my career. I ran data operations and technology globally. I set up a center of excellence in India and Bangalore, and I lived there for four years and grew it to what is now 5,000 people. And I've run uh, real-time and reference data feed businesses as well. And all of that comes together at SIX, where the financial information business is both number one in some areas and a global challenger in others, depending on the geography and the asset type. So I'm delighted now to be based in Zurich with this role, a really high quality organization, an executive board role, and accountable for the performance of the SIX group as a whole. Right. So what is the mandate of your team in particular, and also your mandate as a board member? So as a member of the executive board at SIX, I'm accountable for the performance of SIX as a whole, and I bring six as a whole to our customers. Uh, this allows me to work with the other business lines in six, banking services and the exchange and the new digital exchange to ensure that we bring the very best of our capabilities to the customer and leverage those opportunities to get the best from our assets. Very exciting developments include the six digital exchange where investing in new technology, create a new ecosystem for transactions and data management end-to-end. And also we have the very soon to be announced, I hope, acquisition of the Spanish exchange, which should close shortly. And that will give us further opportunities to bring value to our customer base. But as far as financial information is concerned, there's some significant assets that we hold that I think are very important to the Swiss community, financial community, but also global financial markets. And it's a real privilege to lead those. We have a responsible leadership role in data management as owners and creators of the Valora number, the the critical identifier for all Swiss instruments. Um, We're owned by our customers, we're user-owned and user-governed, and that creates a really different mindset, I think, in terms of the long-term partnership goals that we have with our customers. We're not all about quarterly earnings announcements at all. It's about how do we support the Swiss and the global financial information ecosystem and how do we create lasting partnerships 
We've got huge amounts of expertise in particular data sets, so we can go really, really deep. And it's a privilege to lead an organization that has such expertise and uh, know-how to support our customers in their operations day to day. And we're using those assets and that expertise to really add value and create new insights for customers to enable them to solve business challenges that they have today, whether that's complying with sanctions and investments that may be owned by sanctioned entities, or whether it's about ensuring that their customers can invest optimally, really understanding the tax jurisdictions in each um, each location. So it's it's all innovation, but it's based on a really strong foundational base of data, knowledge and expertise. So you've obviously jumped into the machine that has been working for a long time. So what would you like to achieve in your first year at six? Well, it's about, the, I think, the 90th year of uh, the financial information business. It's been through a number of changes over that time. And personally, I'm about 150 days in. So clearly, as you say, I have a lot of catching up to do. So I've really spent my first weeks at the organization really getting to know our customers our shareholders, our partners, and our teams. I tried to visit as many as I could in person before the lockdown started, but then since then, have been doing that virtually. I think we have some really strong assets that we need to make the most of, and we have unique services um, and USPs that we can offer the market. And we can also use our size to an advantage. We're not, you know, the do-everything global, broad player. However, we have assets that are to die for, really, from a market data perspective, where we can really compete globally. But we also have unique, deep expertise in specific areas where if you really want to compete in European markets, you have to have that data. And so it's really about how we use our assets to be a global challenger, but also stay true to our knowledge and know-how and make the most of the expertise that we have. Right. So I know that you surveyed your key clients, mainly banks, I guess, and um, you produced a white paper called Data Transformation. So what were the key takeaways? What were the key lessons? So I think that paper really emphasized that the volume, velocity and variety of data is only set to increase. Those trends will continue. And these days, everyone produces data, everyone produces data exhaust, whether it's the, the signals that your mobile phone captures as you, as you travel around, or whether it's the activity on your loyalty card or your credit card. So, you know, companies such as Uber become data companies. What they have is data that can really move markets. So, and technology is a real enabler of that. So technology is the thing that enables you to use that data. And our customer base is really challenged with how does it start to consume and leverage that data, both to find alpha, to better manage risk, or to better serve their customer base by having access to all that information uh, that is around. But at the same time, they're constrained by, and particularly post-corona, operational resilience questions, cost questions, um, post the, the regulatory, the financial crisis, there's also been a whole amount of spend on regulation. And I think that's where we come in. It's how do you help a customer to square that challenge of needing to consume and manage more sets of data in more innovative ways, but at the same time, reduce your operational cost, become more efficient and use more technology. And I think that's where we come in. We, we will help our customers 
to use data to gain greater insights, add solutions to the problems that they have, whilst at the same time reducing their operational costs. Data quality has always been crucial for banking and for financial services. So how do you leverage technology to deliver data efficiently in a correct manner? And also, well, never-ending question, do humans still have a role? Humans absolutely have a role. And I think just like our data sets, it's all about moving up the value chain and, and finding the ways that they can continue to add value in different ways. So, of course, we use technology to improve the timeliness and the quality and the coverage and the efficiency of the data that we create, aggregate, normalize and provide to our customers. So technology plays a key role in that. We're constantly automating, we're using robotics, we're we're using new techniques to really help optimize the process to get our data to our customers as quickly and as accurately as possible. And at the same time, we recognize that the more that we do to provide quality data that our customers can just ingest into the thousands of applications and machines that they have that process data, the less they need to do on their side. And that allows them to really focus on their core business and not on their operational costs. I think as far as human beings is concerned, it's the expertise, it's the know-how, it's the support and the service that they can provide. So we really understand across our entire organization what our data is used for, what matters to a customer, the time criticality and the accuracy criticality of those data sets so that we can really make sure that you know we intervene quickly if we can see something is wrong. We run thousands of tolerance checks across all of our data sets and we take out everything that could prove to be a problem for our customer before it gets to them. Our humans really make the judgment calls. Is this reflective of what's happening in the market today? Or is it an error? And at the end of the day, you know, with the world events as they are, there's so much going on. You really need to have that qualitative assessment over the top of whatever the machine kicks out as an exception. And how do you ensure that the data that you provide to the clients is also traceable or auditable for compliance and regulatory purposes? Yes, thank you. There's been an increasing focus, not only on the quality of the data, but the source and the lineage of that data and how it's been used. And I, you know, one of our responsibilities is to really make sure that we not only produce great data, but we produce it that is fit for purpose in the ways that our customers are going to use it. So understanding that certain fields are regulatory requirements for reporting influences the ways that those fields are presented and consumed by our customers. Um, understanding which fields are critical for an evaluation process for a portfolio manager, for example, or for regulatory reporting deadlines really influences our production techniques and our operations because we make sure that our data is fit for the ways in which it's consumed. The regulators have a huge in, uh, increased focus on lineage and data quality, and particularly in the risk management space. And we're seeing in the middle office uh, a higher consumption of data and an opportunity for us to really help our customers there solve problems around the, the swift, but also the effective and the high quality production of data that allows them not only to manage risk, but to convince the regulator that their processes are efficient and reliable. And uh, I know that you leverage technology in delivering data, especially automation or clouds. Sometimes the banks have been a bit hesitant about using cloud. So how do you 
overcome that? Great question. And I think the cloud providers and the regulators have been focusing on how does the challenge around security and data protection get solved? Because there's no doubt, you know, cloud is here to stay. It will stay in financial services. And I think the, the cloud providers and the regulators and the financial markets participants are really focused on, on how to, to square those concerns. I think cloud is a, a huge opportunity. Our goal is to make sure that our data and our services are available in cloud for customers who either are on-premise today and want to migrate operations to cloud for infrastructural change program reasons or for cost reasons, and also for uh, customers who have new use cases that they want to start off in cloud. And there are some things that you should really only ever do in cloud that are only possible in cloud. So you know, all the data science techniques, all the innovation and R&D work, that's really suited to cloud because you can you know, stand up um, a new server in a matter of minutes. If your innovation program doesn't work, you can take it down and stop paying instantly. You don't have those long lead times to order, install, and test, and process, and then load the data sets that you would need if you did all of that on-premise. I think every financial markets participant will adopt cloud in some way, shape, or form, and many of them have started already. The piece we're thinking about is, as far as we're concerned, our role is to provide the data and the services that our clients need wherever, whenever, and however they wish to use them. And clearly, there'll be some services that are more appropriate for cloud and there'll be others which were not. But we're really client-led on this. We're very aware of the regulatory environment. I think the cloud providers are very advanced and have proved in many cases that actually their security is way above what you would find typically on-premise. Doesn't mean that everything's going to go to cloud, but equally, I'm convinced that uh, particularly starting with the data science use cases, they are most appropriate. So our role is to make sure that we package the data so that it's appropriate for cloud use and suits the, the use cases of our clients that demand it. So it's a big focus of ours, definitely. So you obviously spent uh, quite some time in the data management or financial information business. So what were the key trends that you have observed over the years, especially after the crisis? Yeah, so I think the data world has changed a lot since I started and, and for the good. So when I started as a, as a data analyst, it was probably the least sexy career you could ever get into. And now everyone wants to be a data scientist and everything's all about data. So, you know, I, I feel that that's a good development, certainly from a, a data career perspective. There's certainly been a lot of changes along the way. I mean, the maturity and the management of data and the understanding of data management and data governance has become so important, particularly in financial markets, that regulators are dictating how it should be done because they saw the role that data played or incorrect management of data. They, they saw the role that that played in the financial crisis. And so actually having a regulatory position on how firms should manage their own data is an amazing development if you think about you know how loose and sort of back office it, it was before in terms of oversight so that the financial crisis i think changed everything as far as the the profile the investment the understanding and uh, the reputation and um, standing that data management had it changed everything and now, of course, you have alternative data and ESG, and, and 
And it started off with hedge funds, but now it's increasingly mainstream with asset managers and the buy side really looking at how these alternative data sets, whether it's satellite imagery or um, the diversity of a board, you know, how these things really play into the, the, the search for alpha, how firms can really make money for themselves and for their customers. So that's really sort of shining a light on the ways in which firms can use data that's out there, often produces an exhaust to improve their performance for themselves and for their customers. Add to that, you've got all the sort of operational and margin pressure that financial services is under, and which is really digitizing and transforming the way data is managed across the firms, both in terms of how firms face up to their customers and the customer experience, as well as how they manage everything sort of behind the scenes. So you get a huge investment in technology that's really enabling firms to use data better. And then if I could make a prediction, I think that the post-COVID situation will be that all of this just accelerates. So yes, cloud was on the agenda. Yes, there was margin pressure. Yes, there's a question about operational resilience, but actually we just have to do it faster. I mean, the way that firms overnight digitize their own employee experience, change the way they interact with their customers, probably accelerated their own digitization and technology programs for employees and customers, you know, threefold. And that's just going to continue. The operational costs, but also the desire to create that employee and customer experience will just add further weight to those investments. So data is still important. Technology and digitization is, is amazingly important. It doesn't solve the data quality question, but if you bring them together, they can really power a market and a company's performance. Recently, there's been more and more focus on the usage of alternative data, and sustainability has entered the mainstream of investing. So how do you provide alternative data to clients today, for example, related to ESG? So we have an index business, and we've been producing ESG indices for some time, and we have companies that use those to produce their own products and to benchmark their own performance. We also, on the data side, introduced an indicator that will show whether uh, funds are compatible with a, a customer's ESG preferences. So we have, at the moment, about 9,000 funds that are flagged as being compatible with ESG investment. It's true this, this space is evolving really, really quickly, and it started off with, with a just indices and then a score for how firms were perceived to be performing. But I think you're right, it's going to evolve into more criteria-based investment, whereas a customer, you'll say, well, actually, to me, what's important from a sustainability perspective is a firm's performance on these you know, certain axes. And therefore, I want to be able to choose actively against those criteria. We're not there yet as an industry, but that's certainly the area that we're looking at is how can we provide customers help with how they serve their own customer base with thematic impact and criteria-based investing. Data business is global. So how important is it to be Swiss-made? I think our heritage, our ownership structure our culture, our people, and our expertise is what actually really makes the difference. And in the face of you know, this increased operational risk and this focus on stability and resilience, those things, I think, count for a lot in the financial services industry in general. 
I'm not sure that Swiss made in and of itself is the crucial factor. I think that's what sits behind that that's important. I think the label is is probably helpful and, and it gives a bit of a, a branding around that. But at the end of the day, what really matters is, is our quality good? Is our service stable and resilient? And do we have people that adequately support and advise and help our customers? And so I think that's what really matters. It's the characteristics and the values and the behaviors behind all of that. And, you know, is the data any good? That's always the first bar. And I think if you can live up to those values, then, you know, Swiss made is perhaps a a helpful label to put on it. But actually, it's really about does the data meet the requirement? So you're the head of financial information at six. So the obvious question is, so how do you keep learning to stay on the top of the developments in your field? in the world of uh, abundance of information? Good question. And life has changed enormously since I started. I mean, cloud didn't exist back then. The euro currency didn't exist. So there's, there's been a lot of change in that time. And one of the big privileges of, of my role is that I get to work with some really smart people. I get to meet some customers who are doing some amazing, innovative things. Uh, we work with partners who have great ideas. And uh, and so I use those opportunities to, to learn. And I think the key to this is never be afraid to ask a question. Remain curious and learn from the people around you. Every interaction is an opportunity to increase your understanding. Of course, I read. Of course, I, I attend all sorts of uh, conferences and, uh, and get feedback from others. But I think it's those interactions and that questioning and that curiosity which really fuels my own learning. So where can people find out more about you or the financial services or financial information services that the SIX provides? You can check us out on our website, www.sixgroup.com. You can also check out my own LinkedIn profile and, and contact me directly if you have any further questions. Thank you, Marianne, and good luck to SIX. Thank you very much. This episode of the Financial Markets series was brought to you by SIX, the Swiss Exchange Group. If you'd like to learn more about SIX, please go to six-group.com.